What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of The Overview. I'm Chan Man V, and we're back from break. It was like a six-week, seven-week-long break that we had with the Overwatch beta break. But as you can see, we've got some changes to the show. We've got two new co-hosts, Fish Sticks and Shade, will be joining me every week now. Uh, I, you know, you guys are awesome, and I could try to do justice introducing you guys, but I figured it'd be best if I have you guys just kind of tell everybody who you are, why you love Overwatch, all that good stuff. So, Fish Sticks, why don't you start off? Sure. I've been a FPS fan for basically my entire life, playing games from Tribes to Quake to Enemy Territory to Brink to Dirty Bomb. Uh, so I've played <laughs> around basically anything that's arena-based with projectiles that don't shoot automatically or, or instantaneously. If it takes a while for a rocket to get from point A to point B, I probably played that game. Uh, so I've been sort of in the genre for my entire life. Uh, so when I saw this game, it was it really attracted me instantaneously because it does appeal to FPS gamers like me. Um, it's it's very unique and, and awesome in that way. Uh, so as soon as I saw this game and I saw it was supported by Blizzard, I knew that it was going to be something that I jumped onto right away. Uh, so absolutely so stoked to be playing. Um, we're actually a little bit late right now. It's kind of fitting. We're a little bit late because I stayed up way too late playing <laughs> Overwatch last night and barely got up in time for this. So apologies for that, guys. Uh, but thanks for sitting tight and checking out the podcast. It's all good, man. Yeah, definitely a pleasure to have you. We had we had Fish Sticks on as the first guest, if you guys didn't check out uh, the pilot episode, and it was amazing. You guys have to check that out if you get a chance, when, or whenever you guys get a chance. Shade, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, um, Shade. Um, basically, Overwatch is my first FPS, so lots to learn, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, before Overwatch, I was basically just... A MOBA fangirl. I played a lot of League and Heroes of the Storm. But yeah, I'm really excited about Overwatch and everything that's going to happen now that the break is done and we get to play more and hopefully no more breaks after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, for people that don't know Shade, she does a lot of work uh, with some teams, particularly one team, which we'll, I think we'll probably get to at some point, and then uh, some other sponsors like Alphatraff and good stuff like that. Uh, but I know most of you guys in the chat are here for our guest. We have, uh, obviously, somebody who's been a big part of the Overwatch community since the, the release of the beta. And if you guys haven't been following it, he's the number one streamer. He's, like, one of our best players we have in the Overwatch community, too. It's none other than Seagull. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, really excited to have you. I know we talked to, actually, we talked a long a while back, right, about ha having you come on, and we never got a chance to to figure out a good time. So, what better time than to have you come back and talk about all these changes that we've seen in the game? So, I'm excited to get get your insight on it, man. Oh yeah, this last patch so far has been incredible. <laughs> everything, yeah, yeah, see oh, some Torbjorn's bastions, see everything, <laughs> oh, man. It was like. Like a kid in a candy store right now. I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, today, guys, topic-wise, we're going to talk about the changes. I mean, spend a good amount of time on, on the show talking about the changes. Touch a little bit on some of the events that have been happening. It's, already, it's only been like six days. And it's already been, you know, I don't know, what, three events now. At Fish Sticks, I think you even hosted one of them. So uh, we'll touch a little bit on yep. that. <laughs> yeah. And then Q&A at the end. Take a few of your questions. You can post those in the Reddit thread that we have, which I will, let me, let me just post really quickly in the chat, or you can tweet it to the Overview GG, and we'll take those questions at the end. 
Okay, changes. All right, let's get let's start off by wow. There's a lot of changes, so I figured we would try to tackle the changes to the hero, uh, the heroes, and the balance changes to to start off with. So Seagull, um, why don't we start with the ultimate change, like how just the changes that they've made to it? And those of you not familiar with it, ultimates don't get charged up by taking damage now, and as well as there's a, an auto, there's a slow regen to the ultimate charge uh, for all heroes. What do you think of that, Seagull? I think one of my main concerns with the last beta phase was that, you know, in tournaments so far that it was really, really tough for casters to keep track of everything. It was really hard for players to keep track of everything with regards to ultimates because everything was just so fast happening all the time For from a caster's perspective. Also, from a player perspective, you know, it encouraged, well, it, I guess I should say the mechanic they removed, right, to change about ultimates. Mm-hmm. So ultimates before, they used to charge by taking damage and dealing damage, and now they removed it by saying, Okay, now it's only going to charge by dealing damage and not by taking damage at all. And so in tournaments before, we were running these weird situations where, you know, tanks would intentionally go suicide onto the enemy team because by dying, they build a huge ton of ultimates and stuff like that. And so by removing that change, it's, you know, slows down the progression of ultimate charging uh, significantly so far. And I think that is probably the best thing they could have done so far for the tournaments because it makes it a lot easier for to cast and it's easier just easier all around for players as well. Mm-hmm. Fishsticks, thoughts? That, I mean, it was one of the, the main uh, points of feedback that the competitive scene had in the last phase of the beta was just ultimates charge too quickly. There's way too many ultimates. And specifically, it seems counterintuitive that you kind of get rewarded for getting hit. Uh, mm-hmm. So I love these changes. And it's uh, it, it's pretty great to see this right away because this was absolutely number one thing that people were talking about um, in, in the higher echelons of, of competitive play. So uh, not a huge surprise to see it, but also really happy to see that Blizzard is directly addressing some of the issues that we had um, in, you know, in more ways than one. Not only did they decrease, decrease the frequency of ultimates, uh, they, they mixed the aspect of the gameplay where you kind of were, were, were rewarded for taking damage. So uh, I'm all for it, man. I love it. Yeah. Shade, thoughts? Um, I think it's definitely a lot better now. It kind of like helps the pace of the game a little bit. Um, obviously, I play a lot of Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I noticed is with the 25% reduction on her ultimate charge, I actually feel like I get ultimate faster now, although <laughs> yeah, it's not as true. effective. Um it seems like, you know, it's a lot faster, um, especially like healing tanks. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Mercy is, pro- yeah, Mercy definitely. I, I feel like is the only, only character I've seen that that's had an increase in the frequency of it. Um, but yeah, seeing so many alternates before, just being people just chaining them over and over again was, it was impressive to watch for a while. But it was getting a little crazy after you know, just seeing some of the competitive events and how how that was working out. Uh, so really, really love the char- uh, the changes. Uh, let's talk about, I guess, some of. Let's go to some of the the characters, or try to highlight at least the big changes to to some of the the heroes. Uh, we'll start off with Bastion. I think Bastion's been a, a huge topic for a lot of folks, and um, you, you can kind of see the change. I, I kind of have it up on the overlay here. But um, Shade, we'll start off with you in this one since you were last on the last one. What do you think about the changes? No, no shield now. A lot of changes to um, just it's the the armor to Bastion, and even just some of the um, uh, just the, the the switching, just the uh, I think, what do they call it when whenever he he goes from Sentry to Recon, um, just yeah, yeah just, I just mean that aspect of it, yeah. 
I think in some ways he's a little bit weaker, but also at the same time, he's like super strong too. So like taking away the shield kind of, you know, it takes away the ability for like me to go and be like, oh, I'm going to hide behind my Bastion shield and like not take any damage while I heal him. So that's probably a good thing that they took that away. But at the same time, like the amount of armor and health that he has now, especially like being able to switch back and forth between turret form and not turret and getting your health and armor back, like pretty much instantly is really, really strong. Yeah. Seagull? I like the Bastion changes a lot so far in terms of, you know, I would say probably the competitive metagame because, you know, Bastion wasn't really used prior to this patch, but... I am a little bit worried because I still feel that one of their, I remember, you know, uh, Jeff Kaplan released that balance vlog, I guess you could sort of talk about it as, right? And he says one of the main reasons why they wanted to change Bash and Torbjorn was because they felt they were too strong at lower levels of play, but not strong enough at higher levels of play. So mm-hmm. how does this change really affect lower levels of play? I mean, at higher levels, yeah, sure. Now he's you know, incredibly viable. He's much, we saw in the latest tournament, we had Bastion news, we had Torbjorn news, but how does that impact the lower level players? I don't think that really improved it for for them. In fact, it probably just made it worse. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Yeah, I got to agree. These characters are both still pub smashing monsters Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Um, Definitely, obviously Bastion and Torbjorn way more viable in competitive play. The lack of mobility though, it still allows for, Good teamwork is going to take out a good, even even a bastion that's behind a shield. You know, there's still ways to get back there. So, um, yeah. I mean, now that he can swivel third three sixty too, I, I think in that, that that's even harder, especially in lower ranks, to to deal with. You know, you can't just heck even just get a Winston just to jump behind you know a bastion and kill him. That that's like impossible to do now. So well, it kind of negated the oh they have a bastion that we can't kill let's send a tracer at him you know like yeah. that doesn't really exist That's anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to your point, Seagull, I think it's actually potentially worse <laughs> for the the casuals, which um, should be a huge concern still for them, given that you know the the highest level of play is only a very small percentage of the user base. Okay, uh, why don't we talk about Torbjorn now? Since that you know just <laughs> the theme of turrets might as well talk about the other big change which is torbjorn uh fish sticks what do you think about the changes uh, i'm not a torb player myself i i do love the fact that he's more viable just as forget the turret his gun is way better you know he has yeah. secondary fire and the primary fire now uh, so he's just a much more flexible character in general um and I, I think that's probably one of the best things about it um his ult it actually allows him to deal a decent amount of damage and contribute to team fights. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, his turret is good as well, but I think I'll, I'll let Seagull talk a little bit more about that. I think he has more experience than I do. Yeah, Brandon, what do you think? Or Seagull? <laughs> <laughs> I think right now, I like the way they tweaked Torbjorn in that they made him, I think, more mobile in a lot of ways. You know, they made it before it was, it was a little pretty hard to be a Torbjorn player because it would take you, you know, you drop your turret, and it's like, all right, let me go kill however many people it takes in order to get a level two and then repeat that for level three or you get the idea. Mm-hmm. And so I think probably my favorite part about that change is actually in just the more general concept of removing scrap from upgrading the turret. And I think I, I like that change because currently um, for, I would say, normal games, like non-competitive games, there was always the issue where Torbjorn would have to decide 
do I want to upgrade my turret, which personally benefits me in terms of my stats, you know, my scoreboards, you know, stuff like that, or do I want to drop armor and give my support like Mercy or Zenyatta armor? And they don't have to make that choice anymore. So I think that's kind of nice in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. I think that sort of design is sort of reflected in heroes like Zarya as well, where, you know, they have a personal shield and they have a shield for other people. And I think that's a pretty good change by Blizzard standards. And I kind of like that a lot. Shade, what do you think? As, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, as for the actual balance changes of the hero, um, you know, the general, I like the fact that he's more mobile, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because mm-hmm. before... I think the main concern people had with this turret was, you know, relied a lot on team protecting it. And, you know, I can see how he's improved a lot in pub play where, you know, maybe you don't have a Reinhardt protecting your turret all the time. Maybe you don't have a Winston dropping a shield on it at all times too. Mm -hmm. So now because you're not as committed to one individual turret, you can rebuild it more places. It's probably better. Yeah. We saw it in yesterday's event. (laughs) We saw some Torbjorn, I mean, definitely Torbjorn and Bastion, like you were saying. So uh, it's definitely cool to start seeing it in, in the highest level of play. Um, Long-term wise, do you, you you see Torbjorn being played um, in the current meta after it's being developed a little bit more? Yeah, I definitely think he'll be around for a little while. I'm not sure, you know, it's always hard to predict long-term meta like that Mm -hmm. to some extent, right? Because, can't really just say whether something is useful and i mean even just looking at bastion like the interaction between bastion tracer that shade was talking about earlier it's kind of hard to say just things like that because you know what if tracer players get really good at blinking behind them and hitting the core when the core of the bastion is the new mechanic where you hit him in the back on the little blue thing that's coming out of his back and he takes triple damage to the double mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of small mechanics like that that are hard to talk about until players get better and learn around them more and just play around it more yeah Shade. Even still, his ability to swivel on a tracer with the 150 HP <laughs> is a little rough. Yeah, yeah you, you can't solo flank Bastion. You just yeah. can't. Um, it needs to be a team thing, which is kind of cool. It's like kind of cool. And, and I will say, actually, on a personal level, I, I watched the tournaments over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And probably the coolest play I saw all weekend long was Melty on Hanamura. Uh, with this really set play where they they drop the Winston shield, set up Bastion on the top right of the objective on attack, and then they drop the Lucio bead, and it, it was just a really cool play. So I, I actually enjoyed seeing Bastion in the meta, and uh, Torbjorn came into play as well over the weekend. I, I guess we can talk about those tournaments a little later, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for the other other um, character changes, any of the ones that you you'd like to highlight, Shade? Any any anyone that stands out to you? My poor Mercy all <laughs> the cry. the distance, right? The actual uh, the distance been reduced from forty meters to fifteen meters, right? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. down to fifteen. It's more than half, which is like a lot more than I expected. Um, I would like it if they added maybe five or ten yards to it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, you basically have to like stand on some top of someone's body in order to res them right now. Yeah. So it's a little unfortunate, but it's definitely still possible to get off like four, three man reses. Um, just a little bit more about positioning now as opposed to like, oh, my team's dead. I'm going to stand, you know, 40 yards back and just res everybody. Yeah. I kind of wish there was a, 
some kind of visual indicator, like as the perimeter of it uh, sometimes. I mean, I know you've played so much, so you just kind of like know. But I know whenever I'm playing Mercy, I kind of, uh, you know, it's like I'm just like tapping it until like, like I, I get close enough sometimes. But um, it'd be, yeah, it'd just be kind of cool if, if there were something like that. Uh, what do you think, Fistics, about the, the range decrease? Uh, again, this was also one of, the most talked about things in the competitive scene is just Mercy's alt was too influential in the yeah. previous phase of the beta. Mm-hmm. So again, Blizzard has directly addressed this. Um, have they nerfed too hard? I'm not a Mercy, Mercy player as well. I, it still seems to me like we do see Mercy revives coming into play in both the competitive scene and in public games. Um, but yeah, I mean, was nerfing it by more than half, maybe a little bit too much, perhaps so. Um, you know that that's actually a trend with a bunch of other characters too. You know, you saw stuff like Diva's uh, Guardian Shield or whatever it's called was about halfway nerfed. Uh, uh, you also saw Reinhardt's alt about halfway nerfed, and all of these things still seem somewhat useful to me. Um, but you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a a balance thing over over the next six months, eight months, year, two years, three years. You know, I think yeah. Blizzard's gonna keep patching this game continuously and finding the right balance for all of these abilities. Um, you know, this is they did cleave off a whole lot with the Mercy Alt, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of that come back. Well, and her ability to pocket someone didn't change. You know, her damage boost is still just as good as it was before the patch, and her heal is also still just as strong. So that's still kind of the key mercy thing, I guess. Still a huge necessity. <laughs> mercy is to a lot of comps. Uh, Siegel, any other characters you'd, that, that you that you'd like to highlight, or at least some of the changes they're having? I think probably. Um, there's actually two of them. They're both kind of interesting to me. The first one would be the Bastion change to his normal what they call the recon configuration. So if he's not in full turret mode, basically, yeah. Um, that, as well as Soldier 76, received okay. massive buffs, <laughs> where basically, before it was, you know, you would sit there and you'd sort of spam your rifle and you would hope that it would hit them. But you couldn't really make sure because the accuracy it had, like, a huge portion of inaccuracy. And now what they did was, in the latest patch with 76 and Bastion, was they improved the spread on those weapons and reduced the damage. Well, on 76's case, they reduced damage anyway. And so at longer ranges. And that actually made it so... That was one of my main issues with 76 was that, you know, if you sit there and you just hold down the button and you look at, I don't know, some guy's head across, you know, mid-range, it's pretty RNG just whether or not you hit the head or not because unless you're doing four-shot bursts pre-patch... And so what they did now is they said, all right, let's reduce the range, increase the accuracy. So that way it's practically like a laser beam at mid range. And therefore I think that allows, you know, a lot better. I don't know how to say it. Like uh, basically if you have great aim at 76, now you're way more effective because you can land a higher percent of mm-hmm. higher percentage of headshots with a new accuracy. Yeah. 76 is kind of like the Farah murderer right now at mid range. <laughs> yeah. uh, I definitely like the, these updates to 76 though. It, it definitely, uh, gives more ability to guys that come from these hit scan games. You know, if you come from enemy territory and stuff like that, I've seen Call of Duty players, enemy territory players, they tend towards Soldier 76 for pretty obvious reasons. And it, it sort of fits their play style a little bit better now. Yeah, Shade, what do you think? think of the, the change. I feel like I've been seeing more Soldier 76 too since the beta. So I think that that's in line with what everybody's been saying here. Yeah, I think we definitely have been seeing a lot more of Soldier mm-hmm. since the beta came back online. And I, I always thought that he was really strong. But 
it was more because I thought like his ability to self heal through like a one v one situation mm-hmm. was just yeah. like insane, um, and it feels even more so now. Um, and I, you know, I really like playing with soldiers on my team mostly because they're really fun to pocket, and that's <laughs> basically yeah. all that I do. So the like damage boosted soldier is insane. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we move on to the new game mode? So they added two new maps and um, a new game mode, which was you know really really cool. It's King of the Hill for those of you that that aren't familiar with it. Uh, what do you guys think of um, you know, both? Just the, the new maps as well as the new game mode. Uh, start with the new maps, and then we'll get just dig into the game modes. Fish sticks. What do you think of the new maps? Uh, visually, I think they're amazing. Some of the best maps I've seen in any FPS game, uh, especially Nepal. It's got to be the prettiest multiplayer map. I've seen uh, outside of like, you know, battlefield and stuff like that. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the design too. I'll be honest. Um, when I first heard about control point being the new game type, I was somewhat disappointed simply because it's still the same core concept, stand on a point, capture it. Um, the big obvious distinction here is that both teams are in effect attacking instead of one team attacking and one team defending. Um I really like it, though. I've had a ton of fun playing it so far in pubs and and some organized games here and there. Uh, It is a lot tighter uh, corridors and and like the point itself is much smaller than and more enclosed typically than than you're used to seeing on other maps. So it kind of does have this more hectic, frenetic pace uh, than the payload maps and the capture point maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be really exciting as like in public games, especially it definitely more commonly has close games. Uh, I'd say uh, I can, I can't tell you how many 99% comebacks <laughs> yeah. I've seen, yeah. uh, which is actually crazy. I just love the way that they laid out the game mechanics. Um, all that said, I do know the competitive scene has some issues with it. You know, you do see, Lucio just is so 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 good. Winston is so so Reaper. Yeah. Like some of the characters just seem a little bit too good in the game mode. But overall, I really love playing it. Um, I think it has a good future. Even if you know, even if Reaper is super super strong, you know, it's just a different meta than than Payload, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I think you just named the the comp that's been discovered recently. Or at least Shade, you, you <laughs> just like Brandon all made. Reapers, all Winston's, all Lucios <laughs> right. forever. I think it Nothing started off matters. more soldiers. You know, it's like I, when I first started playing, I saw a lot of Lucios and, and soldiers, and you know, just just a few like a one or two tanks. But now it's just like yeah, all Reapers, <laughs> Winston's, and and Lucios. Um, what do you think of the you know that just generally of the of the new game type Shade? I think. Uh... I like it. It's super fun. It feels pretty fast paced, but I think one of the core issues with it right now is the fact that once you just capture it, you could just leave right afterwards. And I find most of my games just end up being spawn camps at that point. Um, You know, you you basically stand on the point, capture it with your team, Mm -hmm. and you just go and you stand in front of whatever enemy spawn you can find and just kill them (laughs) over and over again until you hit 100%. So I think there's probably some things to be changed about that. Um, and I'm not sure if Blizzard will, will do that or if this is how it was intended from their point of view. It's just kind of turned into who can spawn camp the fastest. <laughs> um, right, but right. I kind of hope to see that change soon. <laughs> S- Siegel, thoughts? 
I would say currently I actually love the new maps and the game mode I like a lot, but I'm a little bit worried about the massive amount of like death pits to just have all over the maps. Like I, I swear, man, like you just walk anywhere. Oh, on that's that my map favorite part. Like, I know, like Lucio just runs up and she's like just half your team's dead. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, I actually like the maps a lot, even with those. And I think it's kind of interesting. Sometimes they have like weird little mechanics like that. Like we do, we have seen that map has a lot of pits of death, right? We have Volskaya has the moving platforms. I like that they're getting a little creative. As for the game mode itself, I do, I do understand where you guys come from, like the Winston Reaper type of thing, because... Uh, currently, I think that's so popular is because, you know, you capture the point and then you go and what Shade was talking about, you kind of go forward and you spawn camp or do a forward hold where basically you hold off of the point and then that way they have to run a little bit to the point and that gives you more time to respawn and retake. But the issue is, from my experience, that, you know, if you have the point and then you swap to a lot of tanks or just anything, it can actually become really obnoxious to try and retake the point because yeah. it's sort of like the diva problem where, you know, from last beta phase, we had one diva run in one by one and like stall the payload at the very end of a tournament game. This is almost the same thing, but really kind of on a low level where tanks can basically delay it a little bit over the course of the game and therefore get a 20 or 30% advantage. That's something I noticed a lot when we were looking at the map last night and scrims and stuff, because you know, we're looking at like, why don't we just run double Winston, double Reaper, double Lucian? I was like, yeah, sure. We just stomped with some random team just for like the entire map. We're like, wow, this is really good guys. But, but still, I mean, the, the fundamental issue I have with it is, you know, tanks are very tanky in this game, but the timer still goes down if you're fighting. So if you run a tank heavy comp when you hold the point and you take a really long time to die, you gain a huge percentage. And that's where I think a lot of these 99% versus 99% team games come from, because that's the only time where, you know, you actually have to full cap that you actually have to wipe the enemy team out. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, you know, where those like mass amounts of overtime are coming from in this game are, are due to like tanks living for a long time and forcing it to overtime essentially. Yeah, what do you guys think would be a good tweak to it? Um, I mean, it's so great at casual levels right now, like you, were, you guys were saying, but it does sound like it needs to be some, maybe something little. Any ideas? I mean, I'd like to see them get to the point where you have to have like at least one person still standing on the point. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like just thinking about King of the Hill... It's like you control the point, so you should be half like at least near it or like on it or something. Just kind of was really shocking to me when I got into the map for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, we actually don't have to stand here. Like, what is going on?" How was it in TF2? Seagull. Uh, in TF2 works exactly the same way, except we don't have tanks in Team Fortress. So basically. It came down to pure just whoever also spawns were also significantly longer in Team Fortress. Mm -hmm. And we had longer cap points in general. So basically, you know, it would take longer to capture the point because right now it caps in about, you know, pretty quick. And I think that's partially why, you know, Shade was talking about they probably want one person on point type of tweak. I think they actually made the cap point capture so quickly in reaction to that they're like okay we want people to defend it but then i don't think they realize you know in organized play people are so good at covering all the exits out of a spawn or everything else that people will never reach the point unless like a tracer and so um that's i mean right now it's basically the tf2 game mode except with tanks and faster respawn so i think that's why you know you see a lot of 99 percent games right now mm-hmm Okay. Um, it would be interesting to see if they, like, how many more maps. Do, do you guys anticipate them making more game modes or um, just more maps for each of these game modes moving towards the release? I sure hope so. <laughs> I mean, uh, 
we are still beta. You have to remember that. It, yeah. The game the game feels more polished than most games that have been out for years. Especially but, uh, now. You can't, yeah. can't, for, can't forget that it's still a beta. So I think absolutely we'll see more game modes over the years. Um, definitely more maps. Oh, the years. I can't but, wait. But I mean, leading to yeah. to the release. Before yeah, launch? Yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I kind of hope they don't, to be honest. I think that now what there's we have is really good. Already. Yeah, there's yeah. there's like 10, 12 maps, I think. How many maps is there? Nine? Ten? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, that like that's plenty though. Like you I don't even know if I see all of them in the run of a day of playing mm-hmm. now. So I kinda hope that if they do want to add more, that they wait until after launch. Is there enough variety now for competitiveness competitive events, Eagle? Enough for what? For just competitive events, just interesting competitive or making competitive events interesting from the standpoint of like map bans and things like that. One thing I'm a little worried about right now is the fact that so many of the current map pool are just basic capture point maps and those aren't really viable for competitive. I mean, they do work. It's just players don't like to play them because commonly what ends up happening is essentially so these maps are very small. They're usually only two capture points. They're not like three or four or anything like that. So if you wipe them on the first point, you have an ultimate advantage for the second one. There are many, many times in pub play as well as in tournaments and competitively just in general where you win the first point, cool, you win it, go to the second point, use three ultimates, automatically win the game in less than 50 seconds. And it's just like, wow. You know, when you have such a variety in timers from, you know, it could this game could either be, I mean, just think about it from a tournament scheduling perspective. Like, oh, this map could either take less than 50 seconds on this half or it could take literally 10 minutes it's like a huge disparity and so that's why a lot of teams are i think enjoying the new i think what they call it control game mode they enjoy payload and that's because the game you know artificially extends out the game duration by saying okay push the payload to the end set uh you know wear this timer down and therefore teams have a lot more chances to show off their skill because there's a lot more fights and team fights going on and that way there's less uh, roundness involved and players feel in general, more comfortable with that type of gameplay. I will say we did see a, an awesome match on Hanamura between Eccentric and Melty. Uh, that is where they pulled out the Bastion strat. <laughs> it was decided, in a, uh, a, I think it was 12 seconds difference between the two teams. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it does feel a little bit more random. If you, if you get caught off guard and you get wiped once on one of the control point maps, it can basically be over. Uh, but I don't think that counts out the maps entirely. Like, I'm, I'm glad we still have the option to play them. Because, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun on Hanamura yesterday. Yeah, it's a good change of pace, at least, right? And instead of seeing just the same types of games over and over again, just, just some crazy short game. It can be super short at times. Um, okay, let's I will th- never complain about seeing the same map over and over again after the stress test weekend. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, loot boxes. Let's talk about uh, you know just this new addition that they made in terms of um, skins. Just lots of, of that added element. A lot of people were asking about right. So they introduced skins, voice uh, voice bundles, emotes, sprays, and intros. Right. I think those were were the the five things. And they're doing it in, ter- in the form of a loot box, which is pretty similar to CS:GO. It's kind of like the CS:GO Hearthstone thing mixed together in terms of like legendary, epic, rares, and, and things like that. Uh, what do you guys think about this whole thing and just how how they've uh, executed it? Fish sticks. Well, if 
if all spelling too quick was the number one thing the competitive community talked about, I would say a progression <laughs> system is probably the number one thing that uh, the casual community was talking about other than please give me beta, please, please give me beta. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I- I've never cared all that much about progression systems myself, but I will say the skins and the sprays and the voices and they're just very high quality. I mean, Blizzard's just done a great job with their art assets and the, the audio assets and all that stuff. So, you know, props to Blizzard. They made a progression system. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, I, we got friends like Ask Joshi, who's been playing 12 hours a day. Um, <laughs> and he still has so, so, so long to go to get everything. Uh, so I think that they definitely made a system that is going to keep people playing for a very long time. And as long as, you know, the, as long as the, the casual scene is happy, I'm happy. Uh, that's pretty much all I think about it. Dude, Joshi got Valkyrie... She got Valkyrie Mercy out of a, a loot box the other day. I've still yet to get a legendary. So wait, me? No, no. Uh, uh, Joshy did. Joshy got oh. a Valkyrie one, I think, out of a loot box the other day. So I was like, oh, she's probably like super jealous of that. Salty. <laughs> yeah, I've yet to get a. Le- How many legendaries do you guys have? I know you- I'm like level 25 right now, but I'm sure you guys are in the 40s or something. I think I have three right now. Maybe, maybe four. Okay. I don't know. I don't play anything other than Mercy. I don't look at other skins. <laughs> you don't look at other skins? Wow. Okay. Fish I have six. like two other ones, I think. But one of them I got myself. So. How many legendaries do you have, Fishsticks? I actually don't exactly know which is a legendary and which is not. But I, I have really? that sick Reinhardt skin where he's like the old guy. And then... Okay. Yeah, Isn't yeah, he yeah. always an old guy? Yeah, but you well, can not like, see his old yeah. face. Uh, and then I have one more. Forget what it is right now. Oh man, you guys are. Yeah, like that's how much I care about progression. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man, no, I think the skins are awesome. Like I, I was looking through it with my son, and we're just like, oh, ooing and awing. I get all, all of them. So, um, given how crappy my luck is, I'm just kind of like waiting for the sh- shop to open. <laughs> actually, um, I don't think they're gonna let you buy individual skins. That's what, that's what sucks. But man. It's like you can buy like a hundred loot boxes and hope to God that you get something good. That's what I mean. It's like yeah, that that CS:GO Hearthstone kind of style. But um, yeah, I, I actually like it. I think they did a really good job. I think um, yeah, like like Christix was saying, the artists I think they've done an amazing job in terms of that. And um, haven't played too much with the sprays yet. I think there are like way too many sprays. Um, I feel like some blue boxes are all sprays for me, which is like, ah, oh, shit, that's like such a bummer. The only skin I don't actually like is the pink tracer one where she's got like the shaved head on the side. I think it looks terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one thing that seeing loot boxes gets me excited about is the potential to have esports cases like they do in CSGO and stuff like that. Uh, you know, if people could spend $5 to buy a case that, and some of that money goes into a prize pool for something like that would be my dream for this game. So or even just like going in that direction. team-based skins would be cool too. Like I know in yeah. Heroes of the Storm, they have the C9 mount from, was it Worlds last year or mm-hmm. BlizzCon? Yeah. So that will be interesting to see if there ends up being like team-based skins for Heroes and stuff. That would be sick. Yeah, I think that would be all those things. I think are actually somewhat. I mean, they're they're very important. So you're actually growing the the competitive like esports oh, scene too. Incredibly, yeah, incredibly. Like one of the things holding actually, up the CS:GO scene. Yeah, I mean, it's not something we've seen Blizzard do before. I mean, you can't do that in StarCraft or mm-hmm. Hearthstone or any of these games. So hopefully, they dip their toes 
I mean, it's basically printing money for Valve right now, <laughs> Dota 2 yeah. and CSGO. Uh, it's worked for games like Smite. It's worked for games like Killer Instinct, the fighting game for Xbox One. Like they raised $100,000 with a with a skin in like a weekend or something. So it's worked entirely every time anyone's ever tried this concept. <laughs> I just hope Blizzard does it too. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't. Um, I think it's a little bit of a different concept with CSGO because I think a lot of that comes also from being able to trade and sell and everything like that too. So I don't necessarily see Blizzard doing that with their cosmetics. No, no, please, maybe, no, maybe not the truth, but maybe not, maybe not, maybe not that aspect of it, but the crowdfunding prizes I think is still very possible. Um, it doesn't require any, any additional new platform or anything, right? I mean, they could just do it on their end, just, just showing, you know, just taking a percentage out of whatever purchase there are and then just showing a price pool being built. Right. So it's really up well, to speaking them. To, speaking to what fish sticks was saying about, like even the esports side of it, it would be really cool if, you know, whatever like heroes were played the most at BlizzCon or something, or like to get special skins based off of whatever team played them. I guess the most would be really cool. Yeah, kind of like the Riot way, where you know the winning team at Worlds gets their like characters that they played have the same skins. Yeah, their team skins would be really cool. Okay, uh, new UI changes. Uh, what do you guys think about? I guess the you know, just the ending new UI with uh, more stats, uh, the different cards now. Uh, you like these changes? Shade? Um, <laughs> I, I no. Have, <laughs> I know you have some issue, at least with Mercy. Yeah, well, I mean, basically anything that I have a complaint about that is kind of related to that is to do with Mercy because she's what I see the most. And what ends up happening is... You know, like I can have an incredible game, like 10k plus yeah, healing let, and let, like let me show this. 50 let me show this. revives, and but it, like it's not going to change anything because at the end of the game, my screen ends up just looking like all zeros. Um, and yeah, I'm, sh- I'm showing one of your screens right now. <laughs> this, okay, this is, yeah, this is what Shade's screen looks like almost every game. Every single game that ends up being what my screen looks like, and it's actually like depressing and makes you not want to play support and that's never actually happened to me before i i really enjoy the support role um and it's just like it's miserable to look at that all the time it's not yeah that's that's pretty sad well even beyond that shade weren't you also telling me that due to the current in-game progression system each time you level and you get a gold medal just if you get a gold medal you get plus 150 xp yeah so add that up times you know the 100 a game or or 100 games or so you've played and you're down like you know a couple levels already stuff like that yeah so that's a huge part of it too is i'm actually really surprised that you know i've been able to like out level seagull (laughs) To be honest, because he gets basically like three gold medals a game, and that's 150 XP bonus for every single game. Um, and you don't get any as support, at least for Mercy. Mm-hmm. It's possible to get it as Zenyatta and Lucio, just because they're still, you know, have the ability to deal damage for the most part. But it's not very often that I'm just like whipping out my Mercy pistol every game and, you know, going on like a 15 kill streak or something. Um, and now that eliminations don't count as assists anymore, it's a huge problem. I wonder why I'm getting they decided like 200 to, to 300 XP less than my teammates every game. Yeah, I wonder why they decided to to remove assists. Um, any reasoning you can guys can think of for them doing that? I mean, were, were the supports getting too much 
credit for. But assist. I mean, it didn't even it didn't even matter at that point because the progression system wasn't in existence. I guess mm-hmm. so. Like okay. giving supports credit for eliminations at that point didn't really matter. Yeah, it didn't it didn't matter, but they could uh, of at least you know they could see the roadmap at least what they were doing for progression. Maybe they saw it as an an issue, like if I don't know Mercy's winning eliminations over uh, you know an, an eighty or just a deep character. Is that an you guys see that as an issue in terms of of, of um, I guess perception, Fistics? I mean, absolutely. Have you played a public game in this game? How how often? <laughs> get two supports on a single team in yeah. a pub yeah. it just barely happens it almost never happens um you know almost every pub you play you get one tank one support that is it uh and that's awful i hate that <laughs> it's, it's so bad it's usually uh, the last you know, almost chosen too <laughs> yeah almost every almost every composition should have two support uh, i mean brandon siegel please correct me if i'm wrong but i, I believe that it's probably the case right now um, so yeah, we definitely need more incentives to encourage people to play support, learn support and embrace the support. And some tanks are even having the same problem too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. aside from, I guess, like Zarya and maybe Diva, you know, with Reinhardt, you're kind of just fire striking when it's off cooldown and holding up your shield for the most part. So if you're getting the most eliminations or final blows on your team as Reinhardt, then you probably should recue <laughs> the different team. <laughs> Right, right. Siegel, what are your thoughts? I think overall, one thing that this is just something simple that might help is probably, I mean, there are there do need to come up with better incentives for support. And I think the easiest way for me personally to that I could think of to do that is, you know, I was actually just running through the end game tutorial, like literally right before I came on the podcast. And I was wondering, like, you know, they never show how well, ult synchronize when I mean, you just play like a boring 76 in the game never show how fun supports or anything like that yeah. if they did something simple like you know hey save your team from this black hole by popping your zenyatta ultimate something cool like that and it's a t- basic tutorial like the first thing a new player gets into the game like trying to encourage support encourage tanks in every way possible by showing all three roles in the basic tutorial is probably one of the easier ways i can think of to uh like increase the support and tank population in the game yeah that's a really good idea yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right with that. Influencing people right from the get-go, right, <laughs> just with the tutorial. It's the easiest thing for them to understand, but that's that doesn't help, you know. I guess engage them with the rest of the the, the new concepts in the game. Um, okay, uh, spectator mode. Uh, so this is one thing. Uh, just I, I think a lot of people in the competitive space, mostly organizers and and things, uh, you know, people people that work. In, in that uh, realm of, of things from the standpoint of competitive uh, Overwatch, we're looking for a better spectator mode just because the, the previous one had, I mean, they had bugs in it, but also it just wasn't, it wasn't very conducive for um, uh, just from the standpoint of viewing, you know, just with all the icons at the bottom and, and it just, there were just various complaints, right, about it. Uh, spectator mode looks almost exactly the same to me i mean uh fishsticks you could probably speak a little bit more since you you were driving uh, your event there but is is that true it's there's been very little changed um mm-hmm. i think blizzard has said this publicly so it's okay to say that they're definitely going to revamp spectator mode entirely at some point mm-hmm. um they just haven't really had the time or resources to devote to it yet so there have been a, a few very minor tweaks they did fix the spectator hijacking bug, which if you watched tournaments in the previous phase of the beta, 
you'd see that our point of view kept getting hijacked and it would just be mm-hmm. clicking around a bunch, which was very annoying. So I'm super glad to see that fixed. They also bumped it up from four spectator slots to six, which might not sound like a big deal, but it, it actually, I, I'm so glad they did that. Uh, it allows for more producers, more people capturing footage. Uh, so very small tweaks in the grand scheme of things, but I'm glad to see them making at least some progress in this phase. And I know, and they've said uh, you know, publicly, Jeff Kaplan has said that they are going to be addressing spectator mode much more seriously in, in the soon, hopefully before the game comes out, I hope. Um, but if not, you know, I got to be honest, our current spectator mode is serviceable. Um, oh, I think we yeah. were going to talk... Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more later about what we'd like yeah. to see, or maybe we should just transition to that or. Yeah, we can go. Yeah. What yeah. Do you, what would you like to see? I mean, we can just go straight. I mean, the, the main thing that we need is, is pretty obvious. I mean, right now you see who's alive and who's dead with the character portraits at the bottom of the screen. Not only is the UI for that kind of messed up, it like covers the health bar and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, which is silly. Uh, but you don't see things like people's health and their ultimate uh, status mm-hmm. at a glance, uh, which is just super, super important for spectating. Um, you know, you can see if they have their, their full ultimate, uh, which is good. But if I honestly, like they don't need to innovate here, just copy yeah. MOBAs, yeah. You know, pull, pull the, the portraits to the sides, the left and right hand sides of the screen, give little tiny health bars and little tiny ultimate charge bars. That's all we really need. Um, uh, it, I mean, beyond that, they just need to fix a couple of bugs. You know, the the kill feed, it isn't showing up properly right now when you're spectating a third person. Um, there's some issues with control point, but a few bug fixes and pulling the portraits to the side, giving a little bit more information. I honestly think that's all they need to add to make it serviceable. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of nice to haves that we could have, like maybe uh, maybe they have automated uh, camera angles for different for each objective. You know, as as the payload moves around a new bend, you can hit a hotkey to sw- to snap to a new camera angle. But you know, beyond that, it's actually it's not terrible. It's actually fine, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, that's definitely that's that's good. Definitely good to hear. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of just not having enough information and and having so much of the the screen being taken up by those icons at the bottom, where they could be adding a ton of things uh, for us to. To be able to keep track of the overall game, um, yeah. What are your thoughts, Siegel? What do you think of the whole just spectator mode? I know you're playing in the games most of the time, so you don't get a chance to watch, you know, what we're seeing at home. But any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think um, there's only really two big improvements I can make right now with spectator mode off the top of my head, and the first one is, you know, I think that right now it's hard to tell the health of the player who's getting shot from a first person perspective, and I know in game as a player the health of the person I'm shooting will pop up above their head, but in spectator mode, that isn't currently implemented. I think can, if you can correct me here, Ben, but I, I don't watch that many. I watch a lot of VODs, but they're usually from first person perspectives, not necessarily from a spectator standpoint. So that's probably the first improvement I would give. So that way people can more easily determine like, wow, that guy did a lot of damage. That's such and such like the Reinhardt just got one shot. And that's easier to show. If you see the health bar, it's like go hundred to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one would be, um, oftentimes for me, at least I find it tough to see which team people are on. And just in terms of, you know, probably the bottom of the screen, it will say like one person's red, one person's blue, but sometimes it doesn't match like overlays or whatever else. I find that to be actually somewhat difficult to keep track of mid game, even though uh, from a player perspective, it's actually, I instantaneously, like I instantly know it's like this person's on the other team, this person's on the other team, but 
Um, sometimes I do like if I start watching a stream midway through and say a team fight's going on, I find it very, very hard to figure out who's on which team at a like a moment's glance. Oh, okay, I see. So just having more of a indicator, that just uh, maybe an aura or something around them, or or uh, just different colors. Maybe I think red and blue is always used, right, in the game. Well, right now, <laughs> control point is the worst because when you start spectating from one person's perspective, mm-hmm. it switches the team yeah. colors as if you were, as if you were playing as that player. We don't. The, the same issue isn't in the payload map, so I'm assuming it's just a bug that will be squashed. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, you know, they still have some time to change that. That's the nice thing about spectator mode is that in the next few months, they like it's it's definitely more um, acceptable, I think, from the community too. Just since the 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 competitive side of things is again just like a small percentage of folks that are having to deal with it. Um, okay. Let's see. I, I think from the standpoint of changes, we we can move on to like what we we'd like to see. Maybe just a couple things. What would you like to see in the like the next? few few months um leading to to the release just maybe each of us have one thing shade fix the score screens <laughs> yeah okay all right Ooh, there you go yeah uh seagull well i kind of have two things okay yeah, go for it two things is cool. uh, one <laughs> ranked <laughs> matchmaking i want to see rank play i think that's the most important thing for the game yeah. and the second one i want to see the just overall net code in the game be more precise currently i think it's a little bit too forgiving and it makes it hard to dodge things like fair rockets mm-hmm. rodog hooks and so on okay uh, wow I, I hadn't thought about like the one thing hmm. yeah um i gotta agree with seagull that a ranking system, a ranked matchmaking system is going to keep people playing for a lot, 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 lot longer and get people, it's going to ease people into the competitive uh, aspects of the game. Um, whereas right now it's not really apparent when you're playing. Um, I have one that actually not a lot of people have talked about, but I think is incredibly important to really any, any competitive FPS or, mm-hmm. you know, other games as well uh, is a replay system. Yes. Um, yeah. It's one of the best ways to learn uh, is to watch replays if you're trying to learn to be a competitive player. Um, and, but this this the second part might sound a little silly, but it's also so necessary for making highlight videos and awesome clips, uh, which you know sounds you know it, it's not core to the game and the gameplay itself, but uh, you know awesome frag videos are a staple of yep. the FPS community. It brings people in from other communities. Uh, it, it makes every single tournament more exciting because you know every clip could could turn into an epic highlight video. Right now, that's not really possible. So I'd love to see a replay system. I, I wouldn't by any means say it's essential to the game's success, but would love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's you nailed it right there with that one. Um, as for me, those are all great ones. I'd just say. I don't know. I just I wish the stats were a little bit a little bit better in terms of uh, both career stats as well as uh, end game stats. Career stats being like the the averages seem to be off for me. Like I I don't know. If, I think we were talking about a little bit shade like last night, but they don't seem to be be reflective of of you know just I guess my general performance. Uh, so I wish they were a little bit better from that standpoint. And at the end end screen too. I, I just. I know they they want to protect people's you know just how they feel about it, about you know just the games and not feeling bad you know when they finish a game, but I still would like the option whether it's a tab or something that you have to choose to to show just more of the stats just generally that happened in the game so we can get more of just 
just a more sense of what what did happen in the game from everybody. I think assists right now are pretty broken in the fact yeah. that like mm-hmm. I think we mentioned it last night when we were talking briefly, you know, even I think Heroes of the Storm went a little bit overboard with it where it was like if you were just in the general vicinity then you got us like an assist or like credit for kill or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in League of Legends, if you are a part of a kill within like five seconds, whether you're hitting the enemy or you're healing or buffing your team in some way, you know, there's a certain time period there where you still get credit towards that kill or whatever happened. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really missing in the game right now. And it's, showing a lot for people that play support and tank especially right okay let's move on to the competitive scene and um lots of team changes since the the beta uh one being uh team hubris or what we've 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 known as team hubris uh, was picked up by team envious so um you know definitely good news for them i I think just given that team envious is a very uh very big team big name team especially in other esports and then seagull your team not enigma um i think disbanded and uh, you've created a new team or you've got you guys assembled a new team the mix-up team which is actually not a new team it's it's a it's it's a bunch of guys that was from previous the mix-up team from from tf2 i believe so why don't you talk about your new team seagull Sure. It's yeah. currently um, on the old Don Enigma roster, which, by the way, is a ridiculous name. Um, we had we had myself, <laughs> we had myself, Enigma, and Hard Blue, and Hard Blue was sort of he subbed in for the last tournament that we played in last phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of us played together for years, or last probably last two years in Team Fortress Two on Mix Up, and so we decided like, hey, you know, all three of us have really good chemistry together. The other three people were all good friends with them, but none of us had any in-game chemistry at all. Like, it was a pain. Everyone had to be, like, microed because none of us could naturally work together at all. So we disbanded. Like, we broke apart the two teams. So now, basically, it's myself, Enigma, and Harblu. Um, some of our old mix-up friends, or we call mix-up friends because they're from the team in past rosters. Because mix-up was a team that lasted for, like, I don't know three years in team fortress so from past rosters we're like hey do you guys want to come join because they're all playing overwatch and they decided hey i'm finally going to play this game competitively you guys want to make a roster i'm like yeah sure i'll try it out see if it works out in this new game and so far i'm really surprised that they're playing so well i mean they just started playing competitively this week and we played really well on tournament actually i was really surprised mm-hmm. we did lose to uh Tivix team which is eccentric gaming i don't know if you guys are watching they pull out this really really <laughs> cool symmetra torbjorn defense strat and they did it versus us and they beat us and they also did it versus melty and so they did all this yeah. i know they're they're they got some ideas man it's awesome seeing like you know after a new patch everything is so wild and crazy i guess it's like this in every game that comes out with, you know regular patches you know but it's really fun to like come in at overwatch and I'm sitting there playing a game, and suddenly it's like, oh man, these guys come up with this crazy new team comp, and we just get absolutely crushed. It's always fantastic. I, I sit there and I just theorycraft about it for hours, and I just I have a lot of fun with this stuff. Uh, I kind of liked uh, the the blurb that I put in our script here. Uh, new team, old, old legends. Uh, yeah, so exactly. This is this is uh, you know this is really cool to see, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I I don't come from the competitive TF2 background. Uh, although I did follow the scene uh, loosely over the years. Uh, and Classic Mixup was a name you've been hearing if you're a fan of TF2 uh, for years and years and years. And uh, we did post a link to the uh, wiki, the Comp TF2 wiki. 
And I'm just going to read off some of the achievements of this team. Third place, ESEA Season 17. Third place, Insomnia 52. Second place, uh, ESEA Season 16. First place, first place, second place, second place, first place, first place, second place, (laughs) first place, second place. Um, And if you do look at your current roster, it's almost entirely folks that have played for previous iterations of Classic Mix-Up. So I think it's great to have a storied name in the competitive Overwatch scene. And obviously, we're very familiar with these names. Um, and almost almost everyone that's playing for you currently has been part of one of these teams. Uh, so I think it's really cool. I, I'm excited to see you guys joining the scene. Yeah, I'm. It's so. It's almost like kind of crazy because you know I haven't played with some of these guys in years, but they just end up playing Overwatch. They're interested in playing, and it's just like, hey, you guys want to make a team? And they're like, sure. Like, what should our team name be? It's like, well, we used to all be on Mix Up. I guess we'll name a Mix Up. It's like, <laughs> all right, I guess that's the new name. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely great, man. It's definitely not not Enigma. Which is, anything is, which is probably the worst better. Name. We were talking about that last night. better than that. Yeah. Like I hated terrible, terrible caster, names. Like, <laughs> God. And poor casters that have yeah. to sit there and pronounce them for like hours on end. I feel so bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, you know, the, the tournament you guys played in, it's kind of funny. It's like an NA weekly that's won by EU, an EU team. That seems to be a theme, like EU tournaments being won by NAs too. So it, it's it's kind of funny that, that it happened last night again. But let's talk a little bit about NA and EU. Um, just kind of, is there a rivalry there, uh, you know, going on? I mean, do you see it that way at all, Siegel? I think there's a rivalry between NA and EU in just about every game that, we end up oh yeah of course oh yeah Big time, right yeah so <laughs> i mean obviously there is some in that regard uh currently um there is because you know north american teams entered one of the eu weeklies we won one of those now they've entered one of ours and they've won one of ours but mm-hmm. then i just look and i'm like well envious wasn't playing they're the best team in the world so i'm sitting there <laughs> going like well come on now where you guys you guys start getting our tournaments here to let the euros win guys like what are you guys doing let's <laughs> see that's true. I'm so Yeah, I wonder what they. Why didn't they play in those? Any, any of you guys know? But maybe behind the scenes, I, I didn't actually get a chance to talk to any of them. I think their plan well, was to just all, hold out until yeah, the first week and you know see what other teams were doing and practice themselves, and then hopefully and then come out come strong. in strong next yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, first of all, I was surprised to see you playing Siegel because uh, I pinged I pinged both you and the envious guys before the beta even came back, like, hey, do you guys want to play in things? Like, are you interested? And both teams said, uh, yeah, we're probably going to take it easy the first week and not really enter. So, yeah, they just want to want to take some time to strategize, learn the new meta before they jump in. Um, but, yeah, man, um, you know, in the previous phase of the beta, NA was dominant. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, de- I'm always going to hype these things up a little bit. Uh, I've said it many times during, during casts that we've done previously but i've been playing fps games my entire life europe has always destroyed na other than tf2 tf2 is the one community where na always seemed to have an edge over europe but basically everything else i've ever played europe has been dominant so the fact that na was looking very very strong in the first phase of the beta just got my blood pumping got me really excited <laughs> um and i don't know I, I actually did the side stream for the gosu gamers tournament yesterday uh the na tournament that we're talking about and uh i don't know if you if you go back and watch the vod i was so deflated and defeated once you guys <laughs> got beat seagull i was just like eh, oh whatever what kind of caster uh, is that you know, man you're supposed to be you know still be excited and, and not i'm not partial. biased i just Jeez. i just uh, get excited about things all right, <laughs> all right. um 
But I do got to give it up to Eccentric, man. They played out of they their did. minds. They they looked really, really strong against you you guys, uh, classic mix-up. And then they completely smashed Melty in the oh, final, man. which was a huge, huge, huge upset. Uh, not something I would have ever expected to see. Uh, but yeah, hats off to Eccentric for winning the NA Cup yesterday. <sighs> <laughs> well, this is going to be a weekly tournament, right? So we'll get a chance to see yes, everybody yes. come back. Plenty and of time. Stuff. And it's cool to see Siegel being so pumped up and not salty about, you know, just, you know, I guess losing. Because some, some teams will get salty about losing and not want to talk about it. But it seems like you're energized, you know, trying to see some new, just trying to figure out the new meta and, and, and seeing other people innovate and things like that. I mean, our team, we weren't even intending on entering the first tournament, yeah. but we were performing half-decent scrims. We're just like, we might as well go for it. It's like, well, why not, right? I mean, right. I wasn't really expecting much out of this team for at least I was expecting, you know, maybe in a few weeks we'll be starting to get decent because they have just started playing competitive Overwatch this week, and I was really surprised they're performing so well. I'm really happy with the team so far. Mm-hmm. And I think when you lose to something that you've never seen before, too, it's like <laughs> makes you really excited to learn more about it and even try it for yourself. So that probably helps a little bit too. Yeah, totally. Do you guys hear uh, behind the scenes? Have you guys been hearing a lot of uh, like new teams being assembled? Because uh, that was one issue, right? Obviously, yep. before beta, there's just wasn't there weren't enough teams. I felt like there were too many events, given like how many teams were actually um, being, you know, just organized teams were even available to play. Uh, so, Fishix, you you said yep. So, what have you been? Hearing? Well, yeah. Um, well, it's kind of an interesting. Um, I guess there's a really stark difference between NA and EU. Um, NA or EU has really come out of the gate with established teams. Um, I would say they have four teams right now that any given Sunday want they can beat each other. You know, you've got Reunited GG, which is a brand new team uh, formed by the Fnatic guys that that were doing very well in the first phase of the beta. Uh, of course, you've got Melty, who was came out the gate earliest as the strongest team out of Europe. And recently has been uh, faltering just a tiny bit. You've got Hulktastic, aka IDDQD, also <laughs> absolutely horrible name, who ended up winning the European Cup on Saturday. Uh, I think this is the first major tournament that they've won, uh, and they beat Reunited in that finals three to two. And now you've got Eccentric, who just completely mollywopped uh, Melty yesterday. Um, so you've basically got four European teams that are roughly equivalent in skill which is pretty stark difference to na where you've kind of got envious at the top and you had not enigma and, and envious at the top and now you've just got uh, classic mix-up and envious we're, we're yet to see if classic mix-up uh how they stack up against uh envious and then you've got a, a bunch of teams that have a lot of promise and have a lot of talent but haven't actually had any results yet um so right now like in the first phase of the beta envious and not enigma we're like the two top teams. Um, yeah. I think it was fairly safe to say. Uh, but now all of a sudden you've got four European teams and only that have proven track records and really only envious. And then even below those four European teams, you have a couple of others with uh, some top Quake players. Um, mm-hmm. you, you got you got some team, like you got a Finnish team that's looking pretty strong. So I'd say like outside of envious right now, Europe is is looking pretty scary. Like they have... A lot of talented teams that have established themselves and have played together for a little while as well. And you're and yeah. in, in NA, it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's whispers of teams forming. Uh, I've been hearing about them, uh, but they haven't established yet. 
So assembling a team, I, 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 I kind of feel like the barrier to entry has a lot to do with just the process of assembling a team. Um, you know, it can happen organically, and it kind of sounds like that's what was happening with you guys with Seagull with mix-up and things. You know, just kind of, you know, you guys have played together too, so you don't even have experience in, with each other. But, you know, when you have a, just a bunch of, let's just say, pub stompers right out there that are just, you know, really, really good and, and trying to assemble them, for some of the weekend tournaments, they can get together. You know, that's no big deal, right? Just, oh, let's just enter a tournament together. Cool. But actually having an official team, it seems to be something that, that needs to be started by an organization. You know, like like have somebody that assembles the team by picking, you know, individuals and putting them together versus them organically coming together. Uh, Shade, like, do you see that as being a huge challenge right now? And like, what do you think, what do you think will be the evolution of team, like organized teams or them assembling I mean, I think the biggest problem right now is just the lack of players that are in the beta to yeah. begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really expect these huge top-tier teams to start forming together until there's more of a group of people to like actually pick your players from. So I think the step that'll really you know push competitive Overwatch over the edge is just Blizzard inviting more people to the beta, which I think is what everybody wants to hear. But there's more. You just to made it Reddit just, so happy. <laughs> there's more to it than just like, oh, we want to be in the beta to play the game, like because we love watching it and like we think we'll like playing it too. It's like there's an entire competitive side to it as well, where it's you know some people really wanted to do the into the beta because it's what they want to play professionally or competitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Siegel, any thoughts on that too? I mean, anything to add to that maybe? Yeah, I completely agree. I think right now, across the NA teams at least, it feels like we have a lot of players who only really like to play one hero each. Like I go in solo queue, like race. I mean, obviously I stream every day, right? There's tons of players in NA who only play one hero and they just solo queue. They're like level 45 to 50 plus. I'm sitting here like, man, you guys should all just be going play like competitive right now. Like, please, like come join me. The, you know, I think once we get more beta invites, like Shade was saying, it'll be a lot different, especially, I mean, once we get post beta, like the level of play is going to increase so much. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait till, I mean, that's how it is in every game, right? We have like the beta stars. Everyone is really good in beta. And then like the real game comes out and all the real players show up. And it's like the, the natural talent within the game starts growing. That's when it's going to get so cool to me because it's, yeah. it's going to be a popular game. Like it's a Blizzard game. People want to play it. And I cannot wait to see the massive player base. I want to see like a huge competitive scene. I want to see, you know, just how many players are there out there, how many teams are going to show up. It's going to be fantastic. I think kind of one of the exciting things, in my opinion, that I'm loving about Overwatch right now is that a single savant, like a single incredible 1% of the 1% player can really carry a team at times, um, which we have seen in, in a, a number of the tournaments, like an incredible, outstanding Genji play, Farah play, McCree, like these DPS characters, uh, not to take anything away from the other classes as well, but it, it, the way Overwatch works right now, it kind of allows incredibly talented players to, to put a team on their back. Um, so I think that means that folks that do come from just being pub stars, you know, but have the skill are going to be able to join teams and really have a huge, huge, huge impact uh, so I think that's really exciting and fun fun to watch. One of the things that concerns me about what was just said and is I've thought about and <laughs> like obviously a lot is, you know, it is an FPS game, so the DPS players are going to shine probably more than anyone else because they're going to yep, be the ones yep. that get the glory and the kills and they are the carries of the team. So, you know, what happens 
when you know ranked mode comes into play and people are looking for you know like the best in their class but you know there's roles like tank and support that don't necessarily get the glory over the the dps characters so what happens in that situation and what can blizzard do with the game to make sure that that doesn't happen where it's just the game is completely dominated by dps characters i'd like to add one thing to my wish list actually (laughs) if you get it like it to that thing I, i wish they would rank they would rank the, whether it's categories or even just like the individual characters, just rank the players, you know, like who's the best support player, you know, and, and of course that has a lot to do with stats or scoring system or whatnot, but it'd be cool to have a leaderboard for all those things so that, yeah, it would motivate people to play those, those roles more. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit closer to like along the lines of shade cause I, I play mostly support and tank and, and stuff like that too. So it's, it's, um, it is sad to see that, and hopefully the competitive scene will... Um, even the MOBAs, the support players get a lot of love, too. So um, I think... I hope Overwatch will be like that, too, where where um, it's not just AD love <laughs> that we see for... Uh, or just the carries that we see for uh, just all the teams. Okay, well, why I mean, don't you we... guys... Oh, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I was just going to say, you're absolutely right. As a caster... Mm-hmm. casted now six seven eight i don't i don't even remember how many tournaments at this point uh and it's really difficult to not sort of just gush about the 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 dps players yeah. at times i mean uh tanks can have incredible moments supports can have the clutchest alts ever but the skill is just a lot more apparent when you're watching a Farah or or uh or a yeah. genji so yeah that's definitely a legitimate issue as someone said in my stream chat today, uh, DPS players make plays, supports just don't mess up. That's what pretty it always much. seems like. That's what it's it seems like much. from a spectator yeah, perspective a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a common perspective because people will go like, oh, why didn't that support like Lucio ult me during that black hole? You know, stuff like that from Zarya, Graviton Surge, whatever the ability name is called. And it's like, that's sort of like the general perspective of a lot of the time. And it's like, that's not really true, but it's like people ex- expect a higher standard of play out of their supports in terms of ultimate use than anything else. Cause it's like you mess up one support as an ultimate or sorry, you mess up one ultimate as a support. And basically your entire team just wipes, you're all dead. It's like, well, congrats. You messed up is what people feel like. It's like you made a play. It's like you messed up. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Anything else you've done for the rest yeah. of the game. Like it could have been the best play ever yeah, and the- you mess up that one time. And it's just, that's all that matters. You're the place kicker for the <laughs> for the team, basically. You miss that field goal. You, you just get all the blame put, put on your shoulders. Um, okay, wh- why don't we take some questions? Uh, we've got a few questions from folks. Uh, those of you that want to get into your last-minute qu- questions, you can go ahead and tweet those to theoverview.gg. Uh, first question we have is from Francois Paul, who asked, do you, what do you guys think of being able to play two or more of the same hero in the same team? And... Uh, What's interesting that we didn't actually mention too is that uh, Blizzard added the ability to restrict those things in custom games. You can, you know, the, they had said in the past that that, that being able to play, uh, you know, duplicate characters was, a, you know, just a big part of the game and just, you know, having different compositions. Uh, but they added the ability to, to kind of uh, customize these things, which is kind of cool. But what are your thoughts on at least the question, whether be, just being able to play the, two of the same heroes duplicates? Uh, I think it's something that definitely shouldn't have gone into the game based off of what we've heard from blizzard in the past was just always that they didn't want to restrict heroes and that the game they made it so that it was focused on the heroes and and like highlighting them and so i was actually really surprised when beta came back and i saw all the lobby changes which 
actually does look really cool and there's a lot of really neat features in it. But I think that, you know, restricting heroes in any way is kind of the opposite of what I thought they'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Siegel? Thoughts on I, I don't know. I get kind of worried every time I hear like hero limits or anything along those lines. Yeah, I come from TF2, right? And so my competitive background TF2 was like the competitive scene was completely hindered by the fact that we cut ourselves off from the main game by introducing class limits, by, by banning certain weapons, all these things. So naturally, I'm going to be like heavily, heavily, extremely against any sort of hero limit in this game, period. I mean, just from tournament play right now, we've seen it's like is cheesing really a big deal to the point where it's breaking the game so badly that we need to artificially limit our hero choices? Like, no. Like, do you see like five Winston's and Lucio being used every game to the point where it has to be used? No. The only time that ever even became close was in the Diva patch. And even then, that was breakable. Teams started running double Reaper versus that at the very end. It's like, if you don't go double Reaper, then you lose. And that became the standard. Then they nerfed Diva. And so people didn't have to like learn that across the board. But I mean, it's not an issue right now. And, you know, I think in the future, maybe it could be an issue, maybe not. But at this at this stage in the game, it's first off, I am completely against putting any sort of community built in rule like that at a stage in beta when no one can play it. So what if we're making decisions based on limited information and limited skill sets because we're missing a large portion of the talent pool going into release? Because there's going to be a huge portion of talent. And then on top of that, I mean, people not only have people talk about hero lists, they've also talked about a draft system. And like, oh, why don't we have a hero draft? I'm like, I'm sitting here going, there's 20 heroes in the pool. How are you going to draft yeah, yeah. it? And, there's, and the worst part is there's two supports. Well, technically there's more. But I'll just say there's two general healers. Zenyatta's a glass cannon healer, so I kind of was like half third. And Symmetra doesn't even heal. So it's like, well, I pick Lucio, then you lose because you don't have any AoE healing. Like, there's that sort of issue too. There's, it's, I think people are looking at it a little bit too hastily in this case. And people are worrying about it a little too much. Just relax, let it play out, let it go into release. It's not our jobs to worry about balance. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like hero limits are a last resort by a community in order to balance a broken game. And well, even from a casual perspective, too, it's yeah. like, I don't think there's anything more fun than getting oh, into gosh, a game with your totally. friends and just playing six Torbjorns. Like, I, did that I don't think that. it gets any more fun than that in this game right now. It's it's hilarious. There's six Bastions or whatever you want to play six of. It's hilarious. Very true. Fish sticks. Thoughts? Uh, I I agree with Siegel's sentiment of don't worry about it, like don't freak out. Um, even when Diva was like really really strong, I still then didn't really see a problem with switching to two or three Divas at the end of a map. And of course, Diva got nerfed, uh, so it, it's even less of an issue now. Um, so we haven't yet seen people using more than two of one hero anyway. Um, at least to not good effect. Like people have tried the six Winston strategy or five Winston, one Lucio or whatever. And it never actually worked. Like the game is actually balanced enough mm-hmm. that you're not really running into issues. There's no one character that's so OP that picking five of them is actually a good strategy. It's just not the case. If it was the case, then yeah, it would be open to exploring it. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think it's gr- like, from my perspective, I will disagree a- just slightly that I like the fact that Blizzard has given us these tools so we can define how the competitive scene uh, and how the game plays competitively like way down the road. But yeah, don't jump to any snap decisions. We don't want to set any bad precedents now. Uh, And don't fix what ain't broke. Like the game is fun. There's not an issue with people choosing three or four of one hero. If there was, I would would be open to limiting it. Um, But until that's an issue, I, I think it's fine. 
Yeah, to your point, I, I I like the fact that they've allowed for it. I mean, just at least allowed the tools to do it. So that, you know, if somebody wants to do a one-off tournament where somebody, you know, does it just for fun, then it's cool. But yeah, definitely don't change the the, the default, just what the game, you know, is, um, the proper game is, right? Uh, just because there's so many combinations that we can have. And if, there, if it do, ever does get broken, then maybe it's the responsibility of them making maps where it's not broken, right? And, and just designing from that standpoint, too. So... Um, yeah. I feel like it's a little bit it's, concerning, though, just, you know, with how there isn't a ton of, like, competitiveness to the game, like, competitive gameplay aspect yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, someone could actually just come in, like, say ESL comes in and they're like, yeah, we want a draft system for our tournament and, you know, hero limits. And it's like, okay, well, ESL is the only thing going on right now. And then that kind of becomes a set precedent for every tournament afterwards. What happens at that point, right? Like, just because these options were in the game and someone decided, like, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to do. True, but Blizzard can influence that. Um, They can tell them not to do it. Yeah. You know, they they, they, Um, literally. So it's. On that note. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to pop this open. Because it was very, very hyper-relevant. Just okay. posted a note in chat. Okay. Uh, there's an interview with Jeff Kaplan done on Red Bull Esports where they he kind of touches on this stuff. And there's some quotes from this interview which oh, wow. specifically stood out to me. And I, I don't know if I can find them right, right now while we're on the show. But the general idea is like Blizzard has watched the tournaments that have gone on so far. Blizzard really wants to support the esports scene. And Blizzard will be helping to work with the community to like define how competitive Overwatch should be played. Um, Jeff Kaplan basically, he says almost all of that uh, overtly in this, uh, in this interview. So it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting and pretty cool to read if you're an esports fan. Yeah. So they won't let somebody define a meta for them or at least a design for them, which is, that's definitely good. Um, okay. Next question we have. Um, okay. This is, there's one about, Hold on, let me find it. There was one about... Oh, here we go. Yeah, LTGG. How worried are you about cheating post-release, considering how poorly companies like Valve have handled that issue? It has, was cheating a big issue in TF2? Like, I, I, I don't know if it was or not, but... Well, TF2 doesn't have ranked matchmaking well yet. It's an alpha right now. But right. it's a like, completely different type of game. I wouldn't really compare it. I guess the closest yeah. game would be Counter-Strike, but even that, I mean... It's hard to compare Valve games in particular to this uh, game because this game has a $40 price tag, right? CSGO is like $20 <laughs> at the most, yeah. a lot less. And that's the largest barrier to entry for cheaters is just a price tag. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, I have no idea how effective VAC is in comparison to Blizzard's anti-cheat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my own personal thoughts. I think just the $40 price tag will keep it keep a lot of the cheaters out of the game, period. I, I actually have a question which I'm kind of embarrassed to ask. Uh, I never even really thought about it. What engine is this game in? I mean, I, don't, I actually don't even know. I'm pretty sure it's everything. I think StarCraft and HOTS were done on the same engine. And then okay. Overwatch so was all on its own. This is a, this is a brand new engine. Yeah. This yeah. Is a, so it's it's a brand new engine. I mean, that bodes well, typically. Um, <laughs> I mean, Blizzard, they're, they're smart over there. They're, they're smart uh, people. And they have good engineers. So I have faith. Um, and it's it, the fact that it's their own engine and it's not Unreal, whatever, um, or id tech, you know, that, mm-hmm. that also bodes well, I, I, I would hope. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next question I have is from Christian Nilsson. 
so Siegel, talk about UI faults, like when you're defending and the enemy is capping, you can't see the point at all. Ooh, I know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Basically, you guys know that when you look at a point, it has, for example, has like control point, I don't know, A or whatever, and it has a circle around it. And then basically that is not transparent when you're looking at it. So there's the very obvious angles in maps like such as Volskaya, where your defense running back to the point while someone's on it. You actually just cannot see people on point because it's blocked by this giant symbol. And I think, you know, in general, the game has a lot of weird UI faults like that. Um, Just for example... Just in yesterday's tournament, actually, you guys know the giant kill streak message which pops up. <laughs> it actually, literally, the giant kill streak message actually bugged mid tournament for me over my crosshair, and I could no longer see my crosshair. All of a sudden, I just saw a giant kill streak message, and I had to restart my game. I was Holy just like, "Well, that's oof. yeah." I was like, "That happened crazy. to me the first day." Oh yeah, and I'm sitting there like, wow. "Man, do I really need to see these giant kill streak messages on the screen? Do I really need to see all this, you know, fancy stuff?" It's like, I don't know. UI clutter is a really kind of like a pet peeve of mine, I guess, because I come from a game where I could customize UI pretty much entirely, right? Yeah. So seeing giant kill streak messages on the screen and even having a bug where it's placed on my crosshair is obnoxious. I think the biggest thing that bothers me about like the UI clutter or the screen clutter is just like when the game initially starts and you're coming out of like especially as defense, you're coming out of the gate or whatever the door is. Um like the thing that pops up is like prepare your defenses or prepare to attack or whatever it is. It's huge on your screen. And the amount of times that I have walked out of an entrance of my spawn and just gotten like widow headshot in the face because I couldn't see anything in front of me. Like I can't even count how many times that's happened to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Last question here. Uh, I think we touched on this a little bit, but Necro Deus, what steps do you think someone would need to join the competitive Overwatch scene without a pre-made team? So, like, I guess even some folks right now that want to to get into the scene, um, is there a central place for competitive Overwatch right now? I know there used to be you know Discord channels and things like that in the past. Is there something like that for for folks that are you know? that are, uh, you know, pub stompers or potential pub stompers right now? Uh, it's kind of, I'd say it's probably pretty hard if you, because uh, if you look at the competitive Overwatch scene right now, it is almost entirely comprised of folks who have been high-level competitors in other FPS games, whether they're from yeah. Tribes, Quake, Enemy Territory, TF2, so on and so forth. That's, again, this is the reason I'm the most, this is the thing that gets me most excited about this game is the fact that it is the combination of all these competitive players from these different scenes. But almost everyone has this background and everyone, you know, in this little niche competitive FPS community, a lot of people knew each other already uh, or at at very least they're able to connect with each other early on in the beta um, via these connections. Um, So honestly, the competitive scene is mostly centered around a private Discord channel right now, which uh, is private for a reason. Um, It's limited (laughs) and private for a reason. Uh, So I think in any FPS game, uh, one of the best ways to get into the competitive scene is to play and pick up games, um, which is like semi-organized competitive games. But right now, a a pickup scene hasn't really picked up yet. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I totally didn't mean to do that, by the way. I, I, <laughs> that was awful. Right. Um, no, but I, I'm serious. Like, if you look at these scenes uh, across in most of these games that I've played throughout the years, 
by far one of the best ways to both get experience, learn how to play properly, uh, meet people, and get, make a name for yourself is via pickup games. And we haven't really seen that take off yet. I'd imagine, though, once the game does come out, there will be a pickup scene that takes off uh, pretty quickly. I certainly hope so. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, a ranking system will definitely help as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of in my head. I'm like, well, this would be completely, hopefully the pickup scene is mostly replaced by ranked matchmaking because... Fair enough, you're right. In smaller games doesn't necessarily work that well, but in a larger game like Overwatch will hopefully be, it really works pretty well for this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit of a combination of the, the chat channel. Like, maybe, Does there need to be some chat channels maybe, you know, instead of having like external to the game, something actually in-game that, that allows for more communication between players? Um, because right now, it's just like, I feel like friends lists are nothing, right, at this point. Like, you're, you're just, you know, creating pickup games with friends lists or just talking to your friends and playing games or it's like, it's hard to actually meet a stranger unless I just like randomly add them as a friend and, and building up, yeah, I guess, your contact list that way. Maybe they're it'd be nice if Blizzard just created a, a chat channel like they do in say Starcraft, you know, and things like that. Right. There's a whole ch- channel system in Starcraft that I think would be effective in overwatch too. You're um, right. We need a Volskaya general chat. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that something like that happening would just turn into like Twitch chat in game. It's all that I see. You think so? Oh, I mean, yeah, you can, maybe you can that. make some like a custom one and you know, you just slowly, you know, it just feels a little bit easier to invite people to that kind of channel versus your friends list. Like, that I don't know. Does the friends list actually have a limit right now? Like, or yes. Yeah, okay. And I oh, ran into sure. it. Oh, okay, I haven't ran into it yet. So. God, that that makes me mad. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you know, it's nice to not have that kind of limitation in terms of the chat channel. All right, guys. I would well, say uh, I would oh, say oh, Discord is good, um, e- even if you're not in the private one. Um, there are several competitive Overwatch Discord channels that are open. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you just Maybe is it associated with the competitive Overwatch subreddit? I don't remember. Um, but Ghost of Gamers has one. If you go to ghostofgamers.com, yeah. check out the Overwatch section. There's a big link there. The Reddit uh, Overwatch Discord channel has a has a room for competitive play. Those would be good places to to get started as well. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to like any new player looking to get in competitive is just solo queue a bunch, see a good player, add them to friends, if they accept, try and put them in a party. Mm-hmm. Cool. And just play with each other as much as you can because right now, you know, it's brand new in beta. We don't really have the tools or anything like in-game support to show yourself off in terms of skill. So basically the next best thing is just make a lot of friends as much as you can. Yeah, definitely good advice. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to be it for the show today. Great episode. Uh, you know, awesome having you on, Siegel, as our first guest with the, the new cast here. Um, do you want to do some shout outs before we take off here? Uh, shout out to my team. Happy they're all playing Overwatch right now. It's really good to have the band back together. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, Shade, shout outs? Um, just, I guess, my Twitter and my stream. Having a lot of fun with that lately. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, AD Shade and yep. Shade underscore. <laughs> yep. Uh, fish sticks? I would, I would just say shout out to, holy crap, the elite number of people. I looked at the screen. It was literally 1337 yeah. watching right now. Shout out to everybody oh, that's uh, tuning into <laughs> competitive. It just happened. Uh, uh, yeah, shout outs to everybody who's supporting the competitive scene. Um, I really believe in the potential of this game. 
Uh, our little competitive scene is is still quite small. Uh, we did see over 6,000 viewers for the Ghost Gamers tournament this weekend, which is a new record for us. Still very small on the grand scheme of things. Um, so everyone that's jumping in and supporting the scene early on in its development, shout-outs to you. Uh, keep doing it. Uh, be vocal. Uh, go out on Twitter. Go out on Reddit. Uh, and support the competitive scene because um, we got to build off this foundation. I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. Uh, so, but yeah, shout outs to you guys for for watching the show, being interested. Follow Chan Man V right here. Yeah, and I'll right I'll, here on Twitch.tv. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna be doing this every week, guys. I, I don't know if you guys, a lot of you guys, were watching pre-beta, but um, it's gonna be a weekly show. So me, fish, me, fish sticks, and shade will be doing this with various guests each week. Um, but again, you know, thanks for Seagull, of course, for coming on for the first time and love to have you again, buddy. So, uh, anytime your busy schedule is open, you know, like definitely let us know. Uh, you can thanks follow, yeah, uh, be sure to follow the channel guys. Uh, I have other shows I'm going to be doing this week. Value Town, if you guys like, uh, Hearthstone is going to be on Wednesday. Unfiltered might be tomorrow. Everybody's been asking about Unfiltered, so it might be tomorrow. I'll have to let you guys know uh, later tonight. And uh, you can follow us all on Twitter here. Our Twitter uh, tags are all are all here. And you can follow the show Twitter tag at the Overview GG, which um, you know I'll be posting news every week there too. You can find the VODs on YouTube.com slash V. So uh, check that out. I'll have those up in about... Uh, probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes, so you can, you'll can you find them there if you missed any of the show. Uh, but that's going to be it. Uh, I think Seagull and Shade, you guys are going to be sh- streaming right after, right? So definitely check those guys out, of course, uh, right after the show. But that's going to be it for the over- overview. So for Seagull, Shade, Fishsticks, and myself, Cham MV, we'll see you next week. Peace. Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs>